I will occasionally get the same question from both believers and from non-believers. For example, the question of who made God or where did God come from? One of those questions that believers sometimes will ask out of curiosity and that sometimes my agnostic and unbelieving friends will sort of ask as a gotcha question, if you will. Hi folks, this is Andy, the Analytical Preacher. I'm going to cover that topic in this podcast. Now, it's going to be impossible to cover all of the intricacies of the philosophical and the scientific and the theological arguments that are related to this in a 15 or 20 minute podcast, but we can absolutely boil it down to the basics and provide a sound biblical answer. First, let's go back to a philosophy class that I had when I was in college, and the professor said that logic dictated that if there was anything in existence, then there must be something eternal in existence. He talked about what philosophers call the fallacy of infinite regress, which is simply this. If I'm looking at something, it either came from something else or it has eternally existed. He used the chicken and the egg conundrum, which is fairly common. So I see a chicken Chicken one, where did that chicken come from? Well, it came from this egg two. Well, where did that egg come from? Well, it came from chicken three. Well, where did that chicken come from? Well, it came from egg four. And I can go back, but ultimately, I can't go back infinitely. I cannot infinitely regress back infinite number of iterations, and it just keeps going chicken, egg, chicken, egg. At some point, something put that first chicken or that first egg, or at least the material that eventually became the first chicken or the first egg into place. So if there is anything, he said, logic dictates that there must be something eternal that kicked the process off. Greek philosophers, of course, hundreds and hundreds of years before I took a philosophy class in college, had already come to this conclusion as well. Greek philosophers sort of split on this idea of, is the universe eternal? And they said, if the universe is eternal, then it must have been in the same basic form and structure that we see it in today. If it were component parts of the universe that got moved and changed and redirected into the form we see today, then they felt like there would be a mover, a creator, an engineer behind that process. So if the universe itself is what is eternal, then it would be in its same form. And that's the end of our conversation. If the universe itself was not eternal, then they posited what they called there must be an unmoved mover or a prime mover or a first cause. And the Greek philosophers logically concluded, if there is this unmoved eternal mover that moved all other things and processes in the universe that we know, then that unmoved mover not only must be eternal, but must be responsible for all of the other things that we see. As I mentioned, the Greek philosophers, they sort of went back and forth across this line of the universe is eternal in its existing form and static, or there is some unmoved mover responsible. Scientists for centuries sort of did the same thing. I think a lot of scientists had a real concern that if the universe was not the thing, not the entity that is eternal, then it opened up too broadly to the possibility that there might be or actually must be 
an eternal God-like entity out there. And so they tended to assume, because it was convenient, that the universe is what was eternal. Einstein himself made that assumption when he began to work on his theories of relativity, including what is called a cosmological constant to hold the universe in this static position. Later on, Einstein acknowledged that the inclusion of the cosmological constant was the biggest professional, the biggest scientific mistake that he had ever made in his life. We now know, of course, science absolutely has proven uh, using things like Hubble's discovery of an expanding universe and some of the implications of the second law of thermodynamics. Science is in unanimous and universal agreement that our universe is not eternal, that it had, in fact, a beginning, as the scriptures, of course, had told us thousands of years before. And so science today would say the universe is not eternal. So there is something out there, which they just call the multiverse. And it's the multiverse that is this eternal, infinite entity, which then spawned our universe in its dynamic nature. But our question wasn't about multiverse theory. Our question was about who made God or where did God come from? So let's jump to the Bible really quick. If I ask believers, if I ask Christians, what are some of the attributes? What are some of the characteristics of God that mean the most to you? And especially probably depending on how long we've been a Christian or what season of life we're in, we might come up with radically different answers from each other. So some would read the verses in the Old Testament where it talks about Jehovah Rapha, God is my healer. Others, oh no, Jehovah Jireh, God is my provider. Of course, New Testament Christians are going to speak about Jesus as the Son of God is my Savior. And all of those are accurate. God is our healer and our provider. Christ is obviously our Savior. But if we look at how God might want us to think about him. I think the way that we would say, what are some of the most important descriptions that God gave about himself in scripture? And one way that we would say, well, perhaps the most important is the first description that he gave. So because God doesn't say, here's the 47 things that define my steadfast character, and I'm going to rank them one to 47. But the first thing God says about himself, first sentence of the first book of the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God is saying with the first four English words of the Bible, when everything else began, I was already there. God is telling us in the first four words of the Bible, I am the eternal entity that exists. What's that next word? In the beginning, God created. I am the eternal entity that is logically necessary. I am the living multiverse that created. And all non-eternal things that you see, which make you logically say, because this non-eternal thing exists, I eventually have to regress back to a point where something eternal was the prime mover that kicked it all off. God was saying in scripture, 3,500 years ago, I am that infinite eternal entity that created all the non-eternal things. If we go over to the next book in the Bible, Exodus, you'll remember the story. The Hebrew nation had been in slavery and bondage in Egypt for 400 years. 
And God was calling Moses to set his people free. And Moses said, so I'm supposed to go tell a few million of my Hebrew brothers and sisters, come follow me. We're going to go against the most powerful man on the planet, the Pharaoh of Egypt. And in Exodus 3, he says, who am I to tell them is sending me? What God of of my brothers and sisters and my ancestors? And, And God says this to Moses, I am who I am. Tell them I am is sending me to you. Literally, that those words in Hebrew, God is saying, tell them the self-existing one, the self-sustaining one, tell them the self-contained one is sending you. Where, who created God? No one. God is eternally self-existing. I am, he says. I just am. He just is. A few verses later, In Exodus 3, verse 15, God gives his name. He said, Moses, this is my name, and it'll be my name for all generations. Yahweh. Yahweh is my name. Yahweh is connected to, it comes from this English verb, to be, or just to be. Even God's personal name suggests that God just is, and God just always has been. God is an eternally self-existing, self-contained entity who just is. It's not just in the first two books of the Bible. We can come over to the New Testament portion as well, and we see the Apostle Paul, who in a a sense wrote like a brilliant ambassador for Christ and a missionary and an evangelical, and then oftentimes spoke and wrote like a philosopher as well, a very logical philosopher. And in the first chapter of the book of Romans, which is sort of Paul's overall theological treatise, if you will, Paul writes Romans chapter 1, verses 19 to 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. No one has an excuse for not seeking out whether there's a God and who that God is, Paul says, because it is obvious when we see something in existence and we say, we know this thing is not eternal, logic dictates to us that there is something eternal that's responsible. And so Paul says his eternal power, the fact that something has to have always existed and his divine nature. And the fact that that eternally existent thing seems to be able to create everything else that's not eternal tells humans there is an eternal creator that you should seek. And so really, very simply, the Bible tells us from Genesis 1-1 to Romans 1-19 and 20, the Bible tells us God is that eternal entity that has always existed and that created everything else. God is the first cause of Greek philosophy. God is the multiverse of modern science. And the Bible has been pointing at that, again, using both theological arguments, scientific arguments, philosophical arguments. The Bible has been pointing at that from the very beginning. So our answer to who created God is no one created God. It would be 
Biblically, it would be scientifically, it would be logically impossible for God to have been created. Again, the Bible, logic, science all dictate that there is an eternal creative entity in existence. It is an absolute necessity. How do you know it's not an impersonal multiverse or the God of some other sacred scripture that I believe is beyond the scope of this podcast. But if you are interested in knowing if I come to understand that our non-eternal universe had to be set in motion by this first cause, by this unmoved mover, and I am interested and seeking and trying to discover who the unmoved mover is and whether it's a personal entity or not, Why would I choose the Bible and the God of the Bible if you are interested in following this podcast to its logical conclusion? Look for my podcast on this same channel. How do we know the Bible is true? How do we know the Bible is true explains to you how the Bible itself uses the scientific method to point to God the personal God of the Bible, the personal God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the personal father of Jesus Christ, who is also himself God the Son. The Bible validates in a scientific way and points to God as the multiverse, as the unmoved mover, as the prime cause and creator of all the things that are in existence for us today. So in conclusion, where did God come from? Who made him? I had one atheist tell me everything Logic dictates, he said, or science dictates, I think he said, that everything in existence came from something. So then where did God come from? No, science does not dictate that. In fact, just the opposite. Science, logic, and the Bible all demand that the fallacy of infinite regress cannot be breached. And there is something eternal. And God is that eternal creative entity. Who made God? No one. Where did he come from? He is self-sustaining and has been eternally. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Andy.